Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate and, in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. And good morning, everybody. This is Good Morning New York, and it is Tuesday, November 10th, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. It's my pleasure to be with you today. We are live from Blastoff Productions here in New York City, as usual. Um, let's get to the news. A small, failed Upper East Side co-op building where all 25 units are now market rate was sold through auction.com for more than $15 million. The walk-ups auction uh, generated 257 requests for information and eight active bidders with the winner, a Brooklyn-based operator. Because of the ownership structure, the transfer was made via the sale of 100% of the cooperative shares. The buyer can upgrade apartments and continue to run them as market rate rentals, convert to condo, or effectuate the co-op. There are also enough air rights to create a nice penthouse on top of the building. The property was purchased from an estate in the 1970s for a mere $70,000, and various family members moved in before an attempt at a co-op did not generate enough sales. More recently, the building had been offered for sale to the usual suspects through another brokerage firm before the seller turned to the auction house. Foreclosures have spiked a remarkable 433% in Brooklyn this year. From January through September, 453 foreclosure auctions were scheduled up from 85 in the same period last year, according to RealtyTrack. A recent one-month comparison shows an even more dramatic percentage rise. This September, there were 83 scheduled foreclosure auctions, up from 14 in September 14, and a 493% increase again according to Realty Track. The spike is counter to a national trend that has seen a drop in foreclosure auctions to more than nine to more than a nine-year low. Ironically, the hot Brooklyn real estate market is spurring the rise. Nothing captures today alpha, today's Alphabet City better than one single block, Second Street between Avenue C and D. Vacant but graffiti-covered commercial spaces lead to drab tenement-style buildings and some truly no-frills retail storefronts. But at the end of the stretch stands the Adele, a newly constructed luxury rental where a listed two-bedroom apartment with floor-to-ceiling windows has a market value of $5,095 per month. Sure, this gritty East, uh, East Village enclave saw its fair share of shenanigans related to drug use and violent crime not terribly long ago, and perhaps that's one reason why new housing construction here has remained relatively dormant until now. The Upper West Side former townhouse of jazz legend Billie Holiday is now on the market for $12.95 million, according to recent reports. The owner of the 6,300-square-foot Renaissance Revival Brownstone at 26 West 87th Street off Central Park West are two brothers who brought the property for $5.85 million in 2009 and restored the 20-foot-wide five-story single-family mansion back to its early days of glory. The home's exterior with an L-shaped stoop and two landings is impressive, is as impressive as its interior, which includes seven bedrooms, six bathrooms, and two powder rooms. Several Midtown offices were evacuated on Friday morning surrounding the site of a fatal partial building collapse on West 38th Street. Authorities said one construction worker was killed and another injured around 10.30 in the morning during the demolition of a building at 25 West 38th Street between 5th and 6th Avenues, which was being raised to make way for a new hotel. Workers and business owners concerned about residual damage to neighboring residential buildings and apartments such as ruptured gas lines uh, left the offices as firefighters attempted to extricate the remaining worker from the rubble. This is happening far too often in our city. 
moving on, luxury condominiums that have been rising across the city often replace long-time fixtures of landscape like theaters and hospitals, even bowling alleys. In other cases, churches, telephone buildings, and warehouses have been salvaged and converted to apartments. The reality at the Sorting House, a 30-unit condo project on the site of a post office called Radio City Station in Hell's Kitchen, is more nuanced. Developed by the Cadence Property Group, the condo at 318 West 52nd Street will take over only some of the post office so customers can still continue to mail their letters and packages from that location. The rest will be built above thanks to air rights purchased by the developer. And Andy Kim, one of my partners, and I, in addition to Christopher Gill, our compadre on the ground in Tulum, are hosting a fun-filled and informative chill weekend in Tulum, Mexico, next week from the 18th to the 21st. The purpose of this trip is to either preview this community of condos for yourself or your interested clients. This is one of the best places in North America right now to invest for your future retirement or for an investment property that will yield you a minimum of $1,000 per week. You will own the condo outright, but the development will take responsibility if you want to rent the units out for a max of 20 weeks per year for you. There is a nominal fee to the development for these services. The developer is offering financing for qualified buyers. Buyers brokers will be paid a 2.5% commission for each transaction that you do. If you are an agent, all you have to do is refer your buyer to the project manager in Mexico, and he will in turn notify myself and Andy. You will then just sit back and collect your commission when the sale closes. If you are a direct buyer, just let me know, and I will get you in touch with the right people in Mexico. Come and join us, and you can see us tomorrow at the New York City Real Estate Expo at the New York Hilton on 53rd and 6th Avenue. So before we get on with topics and introduction of the panel, I just want to clear up something that I said last week on the show that got me a lot of email, funny email actually. Ivy, I think, asked me what I was doing on the weekend, and I was sick, and I said I was doing something with Metamucil. So we all know what Metamucil is. <laughs> I meant to say Mucinex, which is a cough cold serum. Went right over my head. Don't have problems needing Metamucil, thank God, but Mucinex cured me. So thank I just you wanted for to make that, that clarification. Yeah. I got many comments of people saying, we don't need to know your, you know, Whatever hit stories, whatever Their on the air. Are priceless right now. <laughs> <laughs> Your mouths are open. Don't know what to say. <laughs> I just thought when I got home, I said, and I listened to the playback. I said, Metamucil. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. There are some other things you could have said that would have been a lot funnier. Seriously. Yeah. I'm like, like, but it shows people care. <laughs> yeah. They were listening. They would yeah. care. They were listening. So I got some funny emails, and I thought, well, here we go. So I need to clear that up. Mucinex. God bless those listeners God for catching that. Listeners. Now we're aware. <laughs> now we are aware. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Anyway, joining me today is Perul Brombat, Rachel Altshuler, Phil Horrigan, Deborah Hoffman, and Niall Lundgren. And good morning, everybody. How was your weekend? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, Ivy Ray is here. Good morning, everybody. Hi, Ivy. Did we yeah, have a good weekend? It's raining in the city, and I just want to alert New Yorkers about Umbrella Awareness Day. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Did you get poked in the eye, too? As a tall female, this is a lifelong struggle. And I have realized that I now walk in the rain with both my hands in the air, <laughs> blocking my head, <laughs> because people just don't, they're not aware. I put the, the umbrella, umbrella like yes. this. As this is how I walk woman, with the umbrella. As a short woman, I completely understand. And I was mm -hmm. just saying that the other day that they should outlaw pointy umbrellas if you're under like 5'11". <laughs> so, <laughs> agreed. For all you tall people out there. I think that everybody should wear rain hats. 
I don't. I can't deal with umbrellas on the street. They're annoying. They're in your face. Mm-hmm. Like Paddington yeah. the Bear. It's rain funny. hats. It's funny you should like say elementary that. school. Yeah. Rain hats. Well, yeah. it's actually funny you should Big. say that because a Big. broker I know who lives in Oklahoma gives out those. I call them old lady rain hats, but they're the little plastic fold-up things that whatever with her branding on it. Yeah. And she gives those out, and I guess in Oklahoma, people wear those because absolutely she's still giving them, them out. Yes. It's amazing. That'll it's, save them from the twisters. It's absolutely yeah, unfortunately. Exactly. Uh, unfortunate, <laughs> but this is what silly. we have to do. But. All right, let's move on. So mm-hmm. let's get to our topics. We all know that co-op boards can and do deny purchasers from time to time. But what about condos? Well, a condo board may have what's known as a right of first refusal refusal on the sale. It should be, and it's always laid out in the building's uh, bylaws to be legal. Many condominium declarations and or bylaws provide the condo with the right to purchase the apartment on the same terms as have been offered to the third-party purchaser. So for those people out there in listener land who don't necessarily understand co-ops, let alone condos, what is first right... Uh, uh, First right of refusal in a condo uh, that a board can vote on. And and why do we have this? It gives the board the opportunity to purchase the apartment just as the purchaser would be doing. So every single time uh, a unit comes on and all of the paperwork is submitted to the board and to the management end, the management actually... We were fixing my mic there. The management actually, I mean, uh, the board actually has the right to refuse the purchase and purchase the apartment themselves. But why would they do that, though? For example, everybody to, knows that in a co-op you can get turned down for a whole host of reasons, right. a lot of it against our fair housing. This happened. But I was just going to say But quickly, why in this, a condo? Well, because maybe they have, maybe it's new and they've now uh, sold a bunch of units in the building. So it happened a couple times to me in down in a building that I used to work with in the financial district all the time. And they had a sprawling sales office. They no longer needed that sales office. So they put that apartment on the market is now a home. And they took one of the apartments off the market that they were and they weren't decided as to which unit they were going to use. And people submitted the paperwork, and they decided to purchase that apartment instead and downsize the office. It's just an example. I will tell you uh, that something that just happened to me in a condominium in a building that I sell in all the time, um, the co-op, the condo board rather, uh, exercise its right uh, to purchase the apartment and not sell it to the buyer because the price per square foot that the seller uh, – I wasn't representing the sale. She did it on her own. Uh, she sold it for too little. Uh, based on the price per square foot that I continue to get in the building. And with each sale at this building, I keep raising the bar, raising the bar, raising the bar. She came in so far under, even after I told her what it should be priced at, she sold it to her tenant for what she called a friends and family discount. Lord knows what she was thinking about. Probably didn't want to pay my commission. And the board said no. But do they oh, buy it? Then? They're, in the pro- they're in the process of getting uh, financing to buy it. And here's the At other- a higher price. Or at that same uh, no, low price. No, they have price. to buy yes, it at that question. same low they price. They do, right? Then they will turn around and give it to Flip me it. to sell for yeah. the right mm-hmm. price. Wow, we have wow. never heard of but that. that That's the friends and family. In the building. So much for friends and family, yeah, but so you know. Much. Someone's financing. Well, right. But yeah. see, the problem is, you know, these 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 buildings, condo buildings, they don't have the financing to just outright buy apartments. So it becomes very tricky. They are now out looking for mortgages and out looking for financing. They'll get it. But uh, they need to do that, and then they'll put it back on the market for the right price. But, you know, it's just a waste of everybody's time. 
but this is what happens when people think that they're real estate agents and they, they think that they're heroes and they can do what they want to do. Hey Vince, can I just say one thing? Yeah. Uh, I had a, I had a, this is not the best story, I guess, for this, for the whole right of first refusal. I had a purchaser buy something in the building on her floor. She wanted to add to her apartment and the condo issued the right of first refusal. They, they did not waive the first refusal. And, and the reason was because someone on the board wanted to get it instead. And this was a yeah. huge – But that the problem happens. with this was it became a huge issue. And I'm not going to mention the building or the person, but it became a huge issue. The <laughs> buyer of the apartment sued. They all sued. And the buyer won. The board lost. Whoa. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nice. I think I think that that's a very to, interesting yeah. sp- uh, split on that. Yeah. Wow, it was a, a long lawsuit that went on for over a year, but ultimately the judge said, "No, you, in this particular situation, you cannot do that." So, because remember, a, a condo is real property, so there's yes. certain rules you have to follow. You know, it's not like oh, whatever the offering plan says or whatever. You know, you no, have to it's abide real property. By. So exactly. there are certain lo- laws that kick in. You know, New York state law, et cetera. And that's why the buildings don't necessarily have those kinds of funds in their reserve fund to be buying apartments because they are all individually owned and there's enough in the reserve fund to keep, you know, the mechanicals running and the building staff paid, but they can't just turn around and buy hundreds of thousands of dollars in an apartment. It rarely happens, though, and mostly because the managing agent is the third party, the liaison. So if there's a criminal credit background check and something comes up where the person – there's a red flag – or the financials, there's something wrong, <clears throat> the managing agent will reach out to the broker or the buyer and say, this doesn't look right, we're not forwarding it to the board. Mm-hmm. And so they really kind of keep that next step of yeah. the condo board you know, waiving the right of first yeah. refusal. Right, we have to yeah. take a break. Uh, you are listening to Good Morning New York. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back with the full panel today and our hot topics in real estate. So, 
Three weeks ago, a five-alarm fire ripped through a new condo construction in Chelsea. Very sadly, according to Street Easy, several of the apartments in the building were on the market this summer, ranging from a two-bedroom worth 2.875 and a three-bedroom worth 6.45 million dollars. And according to the Real Deal, the building name, the Dorian, was set to open at the end of 2016. That got us wondering what happens to condo buyers if the unexpected happens and apartments are damaged or destroyed before closing begins. Closings begin, and in this particular case, the entire building got raised by a fire. Who carries the liability, and what happens to the the sales that are already in the books, so to speak? Um, I, I say that so a buyer of a new development property has very very little rights. If you ever read those contracts, they have very very little rights. However, one of the few rights they do have <laughs> would be that, and and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not a lawyer, that the property has to be delivered to you. Yep. Um, and, <laughs> and if the property that would be nice. Yeah. Thank God. Property, yeah. And if the property can't be delivered to you, usually by a certain time, which is, yeah. right? There's, There's a, a drop-dead drop date, date, guys. Yeah. 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 Then you get your deposit back. Is that accurate? Yep. Okay. It's true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. But in this particular case, isn't insurance liable for the developer's insurance or the construction company's insurance liable for the 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 situation that happens here in the building and also I believe I read that the developer has to give back all of the deposited monies and tear up all the contracts now if and when the building gets back to a, a state where they can start selling again if these buyers want to buy again they can but in the interim would they have first right of refusal no it would just be a because, they, because they've already the signed because the they've already signed right, that's what that's I'm saying and then they're tearing it up well well. I don't know. I, I mean, don't, that's, that's a really I don't know question. either, but I think because they can't right now decide on a timeline for delivering these yeah. units and they're going to be way over the contract terms. So I think I heard or read that they have to tear up the contracts, give back the deposit wow. money, mm-hmm. and start all over again. I and mean, they'll that's, never get that price per square foot probably, on the second time around. Probably that's not the, in that Unfortunately, that yeah. stigma yeah. will be there. Well, yeah. maybe, unless they rename, rebrand the building entirely, et Which cetera. Is so, so much money, you might as well just sell for a lower price per square foot. And, but I'm wondering in this market <laughs> and in that neighborhood, <laughs> but, they but, might just get everything back. I don't think five years ago it would have been an issue. Now, well, I'm banking on the neighborhood because you never know. But, you know, I I agree (laughs) with the stigma situation because, you know, once a fire, it's always in your mind. Lord knows. But I mean, I remember back in the 2008-2009 era when, you know, buildings were falling down because of Mm -hmm. financial problems Mm -hmm. and the stigma associated with these buildings and buyers backed out and lost lots of money. And it took a long time for certain buildings. And Mm -hmm. I think it was probably neighborhood dependent. Mm -hmm. To really come back to again. Gain momentum, and to yes. gain momentum. So I'm this? curious. I wonder. 2008, because 2009. Our inventory is so low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is well, not a cheap helps. building, but it's a reasonable building. Right. And I think some buyers were able to finally put their hands on something that haven't been able to for a while. So I wonder. Yeah. Well, pre- I think the branding yeah. should include that they, you know, circulated air through the building. You know, the marketing would have to include that they really went above and beyond in getting rid of. Anything that may linger. Right. But I think, you know, I mean, depending on how far the building was in the building process, I don't remember. Um, Like, was it, how far was it done? The sprinkles in yet, I don't think, even. So, So, I mean, really, there's going to be so much rebuilding that it really can't have much. It's a construction insurance situation, probably. Absolutely. All right, moving on. A client says her boyfriend plans to add her to her to his lease, but she doesn't want to go through the credit check process and worries that the landlord will then eventually raise the rent if she is added. What are her options? She should be, be put listed on as an occupant. As an occupant. Nyla and I have the same rental brain. <laughs> that, that's yes. it. There you go. go. 
instead right, of being well, on the lease. We'll explain that then. Okay. So, so instead of being on the lease, you're just listed. Um, there's a sometimes it's an occupant rider, or it can be in the lease. Um, and it just states who the occupants are. So, for example, if I have a girlfriend, I, I rent the apartment myself, I'm completely liable, but we have her on as an occupant, um, and then she's allowed to receive mail there, to walk in through the doorman, et cetera. But in, in the event of default, she's not liable. I am. All right, so let's peel this back a little bit. So he apparently wants to put her on the lease. What's the benefit or the advantage to him by doing so? I get why she doesn't want to. I understand putting her or listing her as an occupant, but what is the advantage or the benefit to him to put her on the lease? And he's not the only request. one who's liable. Yeah, and so is they're going to split the rent 50-50 or whatever, 60-40, whatever it is, that ensures that she's going to pay it. Because if she doesn't, then she's going to also be, you know, uh, gone after by the landlord as well. It's also better for his relationship. <laughs> it makes him look more, like more of a hero in her eyes. Totally. Well, there you have <laughs> it. Oh, hey, Vince, the only thing I want to add to this is that ultimately, from my experience, is it's really up to the landlord. So um, right. a, a lot of situations, Niles, completely right. Sure. Put them on an occupant, no problem. But some landlords say, whoever is in that apartment. I want on the lease. If they're mm -hmm. living there full-time, yes. I want them on the lease. So ultimately, the landlord does decide whether or not the person's going to go on the lease. But like Niall said, often the way it's resolved is we'll put the person on as an occupant. And by the way, I've, I've actually experienced <clears throat> what Phil's talking about um, a number of times and with very particular landlords um, who want to be you know, accurate about everyone who's living in the building. They want to run the credit checks because they run you know, uh, top-notch buildings that have where they know who – is in the building, what their credit is, if they have a criminal or, you know, history, they want to know everything so that it's a very mm -hmm. clean building, you know, from top to bottom. And that's some of the reasons why they do that. Yeah. And Airbnb has really cracked that whole system down because I had a situation where the, it was two people, roommates, one of them left and this other roommate who stayed took it upon himself Ooh, to find another roommate and not put him on the lease. So that was really interesting. And so we found out through the managing agent, there were complaints made and we had to force that second roommate to be on the lease, have their credit run, submit their financials wow. in order for him to have access to the amenities and all the rights of an occupant. Wow. That's really interesting. And the Airbnb thing mm -hmm. is something that is pretty interesting as well. Because theoretically, if that guy leaves, one, one roommate leaves, they're both on the lease, mm -hmm. right? One of them leaves and then the other starts Airbnb being the other place mm -hmm. and then something happens. Right. And the other guy who left, who's in Oklahoma now, right. with his little Paddington right. hat, other is now liable. liable. <laughs> yeah. wow. Exactly. This, this whole scenario is very scary. Wow. This whole Airbnb thing We're putting on, crazy. our landlords now are putting on uh, a clause just for Airbnb and every mm -hmm. single lease. Really? And I'm yeah, recommending, absolutely. yeah. What does it say? It says something along the lines of you cannot and under no. Yeah, you under no right. circumstances yeah. can put this apartment on to market it on vacation Which, sites, by the way, such as Airbnb. is in the standard Rebney lease. It mm -hmm. is actually in there that you cannot mm -hmm. sublet as a renter, right. but guess what? They do it anyway. And right. so now landlords, right. to your point, right. are taking it one step right. further and referring specifically right. to Airbnb. To Airbnb. Wow. That's exactly That's correct. Right. Because it technically, according it's to the, the lease, you can't do that anyway. But mm -hmm. people don't realize it because there's a company with a billion dollar ad budget that's mm -hmm. telling them, you know, kind of telling them differently on Absolutely. the airways. Yeah. And there's no opposite. <clears throat> there's no billion-dollar budget telling tenants they can't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Listen, wow. Airbnb works well anywhere else but New York City, so they should keep their billion dollars and advertise in the hinterlands but leave New York City alone. Anyway, continuing <laughs> along the lines of renting, if a renter had to stay in a hotel when a pipe in his apartment burst and it needs to be fixed, and the landlord said he'd deduct the cost of the stay in his hotel from the next rent statement but doesn't do it, 
and five months go by and he still didn't deduct the stay of the hotel or his inconvenience from the rent. What what recourse well, does this rent? I always have? say get everything in writing. I was going to say it's very so. nice if even if you have a great uh, relationship with your landlord, just get it in writing. Even between family members, if it's an uncle, if it's a cousin, get it in writing that that the landlord's going to do it. What about this? Should he just deduct? From his next rent, the cost of his or his expense in a hotel, why didn't he just deduct it from the rent? No. no. Okay, so uh, – I mean, if the landlord depends. promises and, and yeah. doesn't pay in five months, and so I would turn around and say, well, you know what? I'm going to take that $1,000, whatever the number is, and take right. it off of my next rent payment right. to make it easy for you. Yeah. Well, so I'll tell you the risk easy of that in a minute. But the reason why – so when a landlord says, yes, you can do that and it's in writing – you would think that right there and then the tenant would next month take it off the rent. So right. I guess in this situation you're describing for some reason it, it didn't happen and then the land, the tenant's getting upset. You have to be a little careful as a tenant because um, if you don't pay the full rent, it could be a problem in court later on. So usually even if you're Very true. arguing a situation with a landlord you don't agree, I always suggest to all my tenants – just keep paying your rent because it, this could hurt you later on in a court case, and it often does. You want to keep on paying that rent. Otherwise, there's things in the lease that say if you don't pay your full rent each month, blah, 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 blah. There are certain there are, you know things that could happen to you. So um, so it's a tough one. You might have to get legal counsel is what I would suggest if you really And you know, I have before, and I've actually been in this <clears throat> situation by myself, and it was in an agreement where there was um, – going to be money withheld on my part, but it was one of those scenarios where you're living in this incredible pre-war, blah, 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 and everything starts breaking. So you make the phone calls and you make the, you know, you're just going to town, you're making lists, you put, you know, I would note everything in a notebook that I did, right? So if the time ever came, exactly. I'd be, I'd be, so I highly recommend that I'd be prepared in court. I finally called my attorney because I had so many things go wrong that our livelihood was, uh, you know, in jeopardy, certainly our happiness and our security. Um, I was advised to withhold rent, keep it in an escrow, a separate case, I mean, a separate account. When the time came that half the building had taken these guys to court, we went to court. The judge just went, go home to them. And we got awarded, you know, a good percentage of our money to keep and, you know, so I was advised by an attorney to never escrow. just not have it, but it's escrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And have the money, you know, withhold the rent. So the this lesson is go to an attorney. Well, as Phil said, said, right, just use an attorney, use your brains do it the and right you know, kind of do it the right way. Because you know what? There's, there's, there's right and wrong and you just right. don't know until you're really Absolutely. Uh, legally represented. All right. Outdoor space is a precious commodity in the city. So, But so are services. So what is the stronger pull here? Would you rather have the convenience and luxury of a doorman or concierge? or the convenience and luxury of a common building roof deck or private terrace, if you had to choose between either? I would go with private terrace. I would go outdoor space for sure, but I have to say most people are going to choose the doorman and the services. Unfortunately, I, I just don't understand that mentality. For mm -hmm. me, having your own outdoor uh, a little oasis in this chaotic city is priceless, yes, but agreed. people just love those services. Well, it's, you know what it is? It's we also live in the Northeast. And living in the Northeast, we have maybe five months a year, and that's pushing it, that we could really right. enjoy the outdoors, especially after last year. And I remember a week ago, everyone was saying, last year this time we had our first snowstorm. And these things happen. 
So I think that. Are you saying that it's going to snow this week? No, no, no. I'm saying that <laughs> no, we'll have a short season. No, 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 no we're no. going to have a better winter this year. Okay. I would okay. say there's Listen, one exception. I, yeah. If you are living in a really <clears throat> highly trafficked area, um, if you're a, your building or your uh, terrace is going to face an avenue that is super busy, mm-hmm. uh, then the noise level may be preventative to the terrace being the, the first come option over the door. Or a cell tower. Yes, or a cell tower. We're going to talk about <laughs> Or that. anything like that. But I'll tell you, after 20 years of you're living wrong. in the city with doormen, I only had my first apartment didn't have a doorman. And you know what? After 20 years of having a doorman, I don't give a, give a, a, a hoot about services. Well, I don't want to say, say rat's ass. ass. I was going to say rat's ass. I, I saw you go Thank work. You. <laughs> I was. You. Thank you so much. All right. I don't care about them. I don't want to say hello. I don't want to say good morning. I don't want to say goodbye. I don't want to say, you know, whatever. You know, I it's like, with you. I finally don't have this. one. I, yes. They knew everything that I was up to, <laughs> everything that everybody else was up to. It was like an a ongoing film. But I want to say one I thing. I want to be free. I just keep yeah. saying I want to I be free. I love <laughs> living in a walk-up now. But I want to say one thing. I think that the doorman and the concierge thing also to tip on uh, Rachel's comment we have a whole lot of people that move to new york city that have never been to new york or have certainly never lived here mm-hmm. they're from other parts of the mm-hmm. country we all know new york is like no other place and it's really threatening and scary and, and first a good percentage right. of people right. do this right off the bat without even considering it because there is an element you know you're held there's safety involved there's you know a lot of these great buildings have like a fortress at the front ain't nobody getting in and so you know that's why they choose it now new yorkers Oh, my God, it's the terrace or the garden any day for me. Me, too. All right, on that note, we have to take a break. This is Good Morning New York, broadcasting live uh, from Blast Off Productions. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back with the full panel. Peru Brombat from Compass. Rachel Altschiller from Douglas Elliman, Phil Horrigan, leasebreak.com, Deborah Hoppin, Town Residential, and Niall Lundgren from Compass. All right, so the stars love living in the Big Apple. The New York uh, City has more celebrity-owned real estate than any other city in the United States. 
with Los Angeles trailing closely behind, of course. But instead of contributing to the city's expensive market, our sources said that New Yorkers generally aren't willing to pay more just because the apartment is owned or was owned by a star. So I've had personal experience with this. Have you seen this in your business where you show someone's apartment that happens to be a TV star, a movie star, a rock star, I mean, you name it, uh, whatever, and and they say, I don't care who lived here or who currently lives here, but I'm not paying the price just because it's his or her place. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gets people in the door right. um, from experience, but it doesn't necessarily equate to a higher price for the yep. seller. So I think we can all agree on that. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, but the more people through the door does equate to the higher the demand, right. the higher the pricing. Right. If it's but priced it's, correctly. Exactly. Yeah. If it's priced correctly. But it's not like, oh, my God, this star lived years. I'll pay X amount more just because yeah. I want to own right. his or her apartment. Right. It could affect that more people getting right. in the door could lead to a higher price. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's the reason. Just because more people. Just like a great marketing job could do theoretically. I mean, I've, I, I rem- Go ahead. I, I think the only time that this may bear is when somebody, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a big rock star, is selling their place and they're selling it as is. What an entree to what I was going to say. Okay, sorry. No, go I mean, oh my God, does it all go up? You're getting their artwork, you're getting their leather couch, you're getting like all their unique pieces. Do you want their leather, oh, leather couch? I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I a rock star's leather couch, couch probably not. I'll take the artwork. I would, get, I would do two things. You get that infrared light that shows, you know, a, oh, a body no, 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 no. Excuse me. And then the other thing you do is, is hire that little beagle that does like all the pests, bed bugs. Okay. Yeah. You've been here before. Rasco? Yeah. No. Yeah. We've yeah, just Rosco. gone completely downhill on this program. I used to be a okay. rock star. We're taking it no. to a whole other level now. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, well, oh, my God. If this couch well, could talk. Along, along those lines, but I was going to say, not that. I was going to say when I was working at Halstead um, years back and a colleague of mine listed Sting's apartment. Now, of course, who wasn't a fan of Sting? I mean, I grew up oh, loving yeah, this man. Yeah. Still love this love. man. I mean, yes. on Central Park West. So, of course, yep, I had to go and see the apartment on a, on a broker okay. open house tour. And it was so exciting because he left. He was still living there, he and his family. But when you walked into the apartment, his guitar was just sitting in a stand. Another one was over here. His keyboard had music sheets on top of it. He uh, actually lived in his apartment and lived until the moment that someone had to come in and see it. And you walked around and you saw all of his personal memorabilia and and instruments. And it was like. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I used to say to my friend who um, still works at Halstead, you know, is it going to be easy for you to sell the apartment? His thought then was, yes, it was. That apartment was on the market for a long time. It's distracting. It's it very is. distracting. Yeah. And it was on Just for like a staging. long time yeah. and didn't to. sell for the purchase yeah. price, by the way. It sold for, I don't remember yeah. the, the details, but it sold for less money. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm also, so surprised. It was a like a museum. You went into his apartment and you saw yeah. everything about Sting. It was and wonderful. I bet he has a great aesthetic. So his home yeah. is nice. And the wrong owner is going to price it incorrectly because they think it's a Celebrity. Yeah, well, right. So it's overpriced. Right. So yep. there you go. And, there you go. and just to yeah. say, this broker did an outstanding job. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't mean that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that to the point where just because it's a mm-hmm. celebrity's home doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get even the asking price, yeah. let or alone more. you don't know what it's going to look like. <clears throat> just like, as we've talked about many times on this show, the idea of staging an apartment, depersonalizing it. Absolutely. It may have been Sting's apartment, but it was not depersonalized. Absolutely. And I'm a big I'm, I'm big on that. In fact, I just yeah. did that with the okay. seller potential this week. All right, moving on. If uh, I'm purchasing a condo or a co-op, is it necessary to hire a home inspector like buyers outside New York City usually do? I get this question every time before we sign a contract, whether it's a condo or a co-op. Someone says to me, I'm not going to say every time, but four out of five times, do I need a home inspector? And my question is, why? I've never done a deal where there wasn't one. 
every okay. single every single deal. A home they, inspector. They wanted to, yeah. Well, but actually, this makes sense. Remember, a brand new that condominiums, Ivy, even. Yes, what? Ivy is yep. the condo queen. And I this am makes only absolute. Yes, are. and Perul is too. But I understand. I understand this. But again, let's let's talk about co-ops. Back to co-ops. <laughs> <laughs> That was the bait and switch right Not there. Well, yeah. it's an introduction. No, 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 well, let's talk about it. In I condos, in condos, as it was said earlier, it's real property. So you own all of it. And especially in new development, you know, the yep. developers always have what is called a punch list. And many times that punch list is not done. And people want the security of having an inspector come mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. But with co-ops, in order to keep their tax deductibility status, they have to have an outside inspector Come, it goes into the financials. Come into the building and inspect all the major systems Correct. every year. Right. Correct. So it's done for you. In addition, if you're moving into a building, there's certain people you don't want to upset, and mm-hmm. one of them is the superintendent. Mm-hmm. So the super is not going to let some Joe from Suffolk County, <laughs> the who's super. a top, who is a top. No, this has happened to me. Who is a top? Well, it's it's a county outside of Manhattan. Um, who yeah. is? <laughs> Um, well, chosen one. well, who is a top-notch home inspector for his neighborhood, come and look through the boiler room and look through all his stuff and question him and look down on him. That's how super see it. Absolutely. So, You're questioning their so authority, their capability, attorney, whatever. Exactly. You trust your attorney to look through all the minutes and all the reports. And what's great about a great real estate attorney when purchasing a co-op is they will not only sit and read the minutes, but they'll chat with the managing agent while they're in the managing agent's mm-hmm. office and say, oh, by the way, um, there was a problem with the roof inspection. It was mentioned in the minutes. What was the problem? Could you go into detail? And that's what you trust your attorney for. An anecdote to that is I um, most of the time talk my clients out of an inspection. Every once in a while, they they win. Hey, it's their $700, $800, whatever. Just recently, somebody said to me at the closing table, I should have listened to you because it was a waste of $700. There was nothing wrong with the apartment. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, mm. and forget inspections for condos, co-ops, but the one exception is definitely townhouses. Absolutely. If you're buying absolutely. a townhouse, right. absolutely make sure that you <clears throat> do get an inspection. 100%. Co-ops 100%. and condos, not at all. But what I also find is in the Brooklyn market, oh, almost Lord. everybody, yeah. almost everybody will get an inspection. Yeah. totally so, took yes. my life. <laughs> also exactly to add to that, Peru, don't you agree lofts as well? <laughs> Individual yes, I old do. lofts, man. I do. You're buying a home, oh, and there's old, like old, only old yeah. Lofts, yeah. Well, you know the real New York City lofts. I agree. There's only four in a building, and it's, <clears> it's like a real individual home. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I love lofts. That's my next place. And, but know, if things are in as-is condition right. and it's yep. being sold as-is, like an estate sale, you can forget about an inspection. You can forget about any kind of leverage at all. <laughs> right. But yeah. they want to know what they're up against. Yeah. Right. If in fact yeah. they're being told that the boiler yeah. or actually the plumbing is really going to need replacing. Not from my experience. They don't care. I'll take it as is and I'll just do what I need to do. Well, yeah. I've had folks yeah. that need to know. Yeah. All right, that's going to be more another $8,000. All right. Let's yeah. move on to the next. So if you had the space in your apartment to add something needed, storage or another toilet, for example, many people can't decide. So let's think about that. The luxury of a walk-in closet or the luxury of not fighting for bathroom time, another tough choice for New Yorkers. So what would it be? Would it be uh, a new walk-in closet or another bathroom, half bath or full bath? I actually had the situation and (laughs) I didn't get the choice, but I was asking my landlord to put in a half bath versus a walk-in closet. I love my walk-in closet, but I would have rather had, had a half bath. But they didn't allow it probably, right? Cause no, it's, they, it's, they, it's, well, they uh, didn't want to take on the expense of it. Yeah, so, so if it, assuming that the but, same but cost. Assuming that it's, right. assuming well, it's the same, assuming that it's allowed, too. 
allowed. And the yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's no question you would, if it was allowed, you would do the bath just because uh, I think for resale, it's worth more. And here's why. And here's why. Closet? Um, he's saying closet. <laughs> yeah, no, I think closet. But the thing is, here's no. how if I look anybody has ever seen the suits. way Nile Mr. Dresses. GQ is exactly. saying closets. Right. Okay, I get it. Right. I totally understand it. But you know what? A, a closet is valuable. But if a bathroom can always be converted to a closet, worst case, but to get the pipe and the plumbing and everything and, and to have that pipe. and the waste pipe. It's, so if it's you can hard. actually get it's that hard. all in, it's, it's very hard. difficult. But yep. if you can do it, the resale, depending on the apartment, but generally would go way higher compared to just putting a closet mm -hmm. in there. I'm sorry, Niall, but Ugh. I think you're going to have more resale Ugh. value. Put the bathroom in and hang your clothes in it. That's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> Listen, you know, based on my customer set, I can just see it go either way. But for me, I think I would have a, a half bath or another full bath because, you know, having a second bathroom even in a one-bedroom apartment makes, you know, a little bit oh, of sense. Oh, it's really nice. It saves relationships. It's, it's real, yeah. I was yes. going to say. And in that situation, it can save relationships. I'm yep. sure it does. <laughs> All right. We've talked about this before, but it's worth mentioning again because we seem to uh, ask this question over and over again. In the not-too-distant past, the only way you can find a New York home or a listing in the city was – by checking the newspaper classified ads or schlepping to your local real estate brokerage office or even in the very beginning looking on their individual websites. But times have changed, meaning the continuation of evolution of online listings and promoting properties through Twitter and Instagram. Social media and technology can be tricky fields to navigate, but they can also be hugely useful in listing and finding an apartment in New York. Comments. I mean, I'm still so up and down on this one. It's, it's not even this funny. Is, this is absolutely wonderful. The internet is wonderful for everything. But as we have seen in various commercials, you can't believe everything you see online. There are a number of individuals and firms who put up false listings. And I've come up against this. Mm -hmm. I've had people who own apartments who call me screaming and saying, blank company has my apartment up. I know those photographs mm -hmm. uh, as, as for sale on their website. Why? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... You know, you never well, know. The, it's, well, and not only that, but I think here's the biggest thing from from the consumer facing end of the end of the picture. Um, it is great. I think the internet is wonderful. I think having Street Easy and other tools where you can also peruse listings on your own like that are break. real um, uh, is is a great break. Yeah, of course. is a great place. Um, however. The fact of the matter is it's really important to understand it does not displace the broker. And you're doing yourself a real disservice if you're a buyer or a seller thinking that you can do this on your own because there's so many things. First of all, as a buyer, um, it is so important to have a broker. First of all, you're not even paying the broker fee. But the broker can really navigate and explain to you why a certain line, a certain building on the same block costs X thousand dollars per square foot more than another apartment in the very same building or the building next door. So you're really not going to understand pricing, not going to understand how much the pricing has gone up since the last sale in the building, because the fact of the matter is data gets outdated. Maybe that apartment wasn't renovated, et cetera. So there's so much stuff that as a broker, as a professional, you know, from that end and also legally that having a broker involved is such an important part of the business. I'll let somebody else take the seller end of it. Well, actually, Perul is 100% right, but what people don't realize, and I was quoted on CBS News a few times saying this, is that <laughs> oh, Zillow works, Zillow show. basically, well, Zillow basically works on al algorithms. Yep. 
And yes. with their algorithms, not one of them has walked into an apartment. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you see all the Zestimates and you see the uh, the mm-hmm. prices Zestimate. online. That's what they call it. Yeah. But And ever oh, since, oh. and honestly, I've always been a huge Street Easy fan. But ever since Zillow bought Street Easy, their information is not as accurate as it used to be. Mm. They put a lot of stuff up that is just not accurate. It's so on one true. hand, it makes, as Perul was saying, it makes the, mm-hmm. the buyer feel so much more powerful, but I think it did when it was... But this is, this is general yes, internet, though, but we're yes, talking about... Media, right? But we're talking about social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I will mm. tell you an example. This weekend, uh, I was home um, on Saturday evening after coming home from dinner or whatever, and, oh, yeah, I was up with the family, and I was checking Facebook, you know, before I went to bed, and all of a sudden, I see a messenger uh, note come in from one of my past clients, apparently couldn't find my email for whatever reason, and messaged me on Facebook saying, hey, I want to talk to you when I get back to town. I want to sell my apartment, blah, blah. You know, um, can you give me some, you know, cost? I mean, some estimates of what it's valued at, whatever. And, of course, I'm chatting back and forth on Messenger. And then I thought, you know, this is interesting because, you know, what if he didn't find my email for whatever mm-hmm. reason or yeah. couldn't find my phone number? Mm-hmm. Here he saw me, you know, on Facebook at that moment in time and said, I'm going to chat with Vince and, you know, mm-hmm. we'll set up another conversation, of course. But the initial um, conversation started on Facebook. Now, that's not the first time that has happened uh, to me. That's I've happened had to me quite mm-hmm. often. Me many too. times. A lot, so of, a lot of buyers can't, because of that. Yeah, Absolutely. buyers as well. So you yeah. can't, you know – uh, say that it doesn't help at all. I just question sometimes when when the the marketplace out there, the sellers out there, just get in their mind that the only way to market today is through Instagram or through Facebook because they hear this buzz, you know, through some of the broker community or whatever. And I believe that agents go out there and pitch mm-hmm. that I'm going to put you on Instagram, I'm going to put you on Facebook, and I don't necessarily know that that's the right thing. Hold it a minute, though, Phil. We have to take a break. Uh, you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back for our last segment here uh, on Good Morning New York. So I wanted to ask this. I mean, this this can be a little touch and go, but deciding what to do with an apartment or a house can be a major quandary for couples getting a divorce, particularly when they share a mortgage. 
when they when there is equity in the home, each spouse typically wants to take a share as part of the settlement agreement. But if one person wants to remain in the home rather than sell it and split any profit, then the spouse will likely have to qualify for a mortgage on his or her own. Spouses who choose to stay may have to refinance their mortgages in order to cash out enough equity to pay off an ex. But even a spouse who has the financial resources for buyout without drawing on home equity will still probably have to get a mortgage on in his or her name. How often do you see this in this business, and how often does do divorces, unfortunately, create sales opportunities? And my other often. question to that is, will co-ops allow that to happen? I just have quick stats to sort of you know set the the the, the environment here. Forty one percent of first marriages end in divorce. Sixty percent of second marriages end in divorce. Wow. Seventy percent. Seventy three percent of third end in divorce. <laughs> I couldn't find stats for New York. Why City, does it go up? But I. It You're is, supposed to I, get closer to finding the truth. Lottery rebounds. It, just crazy though. I you know I think we can all say that we've had lots of you. I think you quest you you post the question is divorce present an opportunity for us as brokers for buyers. I well, mean for buying and selling units. I think we can all say we've had this scenario occur many times. And I myself, have, of course, but but just to clarify, what I mean by the divorce thing is you know mm-hmm. in this business, unfortunately, births, deaths, divorces, mm-hmm. separations, all of these things, people growing up, empty nesters, kids going away, all of these situations in life create real estate opportunities. Yep. I'm not, you know, bragging about it, but but it's just a simple fact. But my question is, you know, in this particular situation where a couple gets divorced and one wants to stay in the apartment and one doesn't, they need to either split it or get a mortgage, whatever. And what happens if the co-op says you can't do that? So well, there's a lot of ramifications you, here. Before you get to the co-op and what most brokers don't really know is we as brokers are dealing with one or both sides. Sometimes we're also dealing with the attorneys. And what you have to understand, and they probably won't show it to you, but you have to look at the documents and the transcripts that the judge in the divorce court has issued. Because you may have a husband who's saying that, well, I'm allowed to buy her out, and I could pass the co-op board, and everything's going to be great. But it may have been said in court that he's not allowed to buy her out, and they have to sell the apartment. So no matter what we're told, no matter how long we've known our clients or how long we've worked with them, see if you could see the transcripts and get a written document from the court of divorce. I had a situation very basic where, you know, um, she was a stay-at-home mom and they were getting divorced and he had, you know, the money, but he wanted out, he left, whatever, and the co-op said you have to sell the apartment because you cannot stay here by your own um, to the the woman because she couldn't, she wasn't able to afford it on her own. I don't know what kind of, you know, um, money was coming from the the husband by way of support or whatever, but the co-op board said, no, you can't do this. You got to sell the apartment. Cause I think, you know, she probably wanted to, you know, get the, the, um, the, uh, stock and lease put in her name only, Uh and maybe he was going to pay for it. But the board said, no, not happening. Uh, we approved you this way. That's the way it is. Remember, they saw the financials originally. And yes, financials could change. And many times when um, a spouse dies or something like that. uh, It's a scary thing. No, it it really is. It really is. And you see this in estates as well, not just divorce. But let's say you have children who inherit a co-op. Yes, by law, they're inheriting it. But they can't live in it unless they could pass the board. And a lot of children, adult children, you know, maybe in their 50s or 60s, who live out of state don't understand that. And they have to right. go through the whole board process. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're very upset about this. But again, the co-ops have to protect 
the mm-hmm. building's finance, yeah, the shareholders, the financial stability of the building. And more times than not, the co-op board, uh, you know, wants to sell that apartment because if you live out of state, you may inherit the apartment, but you're not going to live in it. You certainly can't rent it. Mm-hmm. So they usually rule uh, and say sell. But uh, Phil, no, on the rental just, side, well, it's exactly Go I was say on the rental side because this almost happens more in rentals. Yes. I would yeah. say when people not just divorce, but also just relationship breakups is yeah. a big mm-hmm. one. That's a big people one. People sign a lease often together because it's tough, you know, things are expensive in Manhattan and it just saves on, you know, saves money. And then something happens and they get a, get a you know, divorce or they break up. Um, and I hate this as a, it's like a plug show, but, um, but I will say on, on leasebreak.com. 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 But I will say one of the, one of the major reasons why people break their lease is because of relationship breakup. And that's, and they, we asked them why they, you know, why they're breaking their lease. And so, um, it, it's a, it's a tough situation as well. What you going to do usually in that case both parties will will leave the lease and they'll both get something else is what happens so and they call phil <laughs> <laughs> and they call and they phil. Po- well they post their apartment on the website to, mar- <clears throat> to help market it yeah. But it is a continuing situation, and I've seen it in my business over and over again. Um, and you know, the other the other part of that is when a couple is getting divorced and they want to um, they want to like look for apartments together to help each other out, and then the disagreements come. Even though they're not going to be living together, it becomes quite a thing. Anyway, we've got only a few minutes left, so I want to move on to uh, a couple of personal things here. So yesterday was Rachel's birthday, happy so we all birthday. say happy birthday, Rachel. Young and beautiful and and just, you know, glowing today. Feeling but she, 32. Every day. Every day. But she has, a, she has a really funny story she was telling us during the commercial break. So please tell our yeah, audience thank you. I didn't think about. I was going to share because I just wanted you guys to know. But I'm going to share because I'd love everyone to hear this. So really quickly, had a closing in Canarsie, Brooklyn, which is for the listening audience, basically in Queens. You are so far out in Brooklyn. It's about a two-hour journey from Manhattan. Very far. Uh, the L train, actually. So I got a ride because I got a little birthday gift from my attorney who said, I'll drive you out there. And we were pulling in and we got a space and half a second later, a huge SUV pulls up and opens, you know, I open my window and he's like, that's my space. And of course we were ready to go. We were like, so I was like, well, actually it's our space and it's my birthday, but awesome. Have a nice day. Totally, you know, played it off. And he's like, oh, happy birthday. So we go into the closing. We come back out. I'm on a conference call during the two and a half hour closing. And I look down the block and there are pink, purple, and white balloons on the, my attorney's car. Oh, that's so cute. I, it was the, it was the <laughs> nicest thing. where did they thing. come from? So <laughs> that guy in the SUV who had worked in a building on the block was hanging out, waiting for me to come <clears> out. <throat> and he said, happy birthday. And I said, you'll never see me again. And you just... Totally went that out of your way. That is the greatest New York story. That's I why have we heard love this city. Years. That's right. I love New York yeah. because see, every once in a while, now you originally probably thought you were going to have a confrontation with this guy because he yeah. was fighting you over the parking space, yeah. which is not uncommon. Yeah. And then he turns out to be a gem and puts balloons on your car. Isn't yeah. that something? Wow. Amazing. Wow. Very New York story. Anyway, happy birthday again. Thank many, you. many, many more to come. Thank so you, my radio tomorrow, the Good Morning New York cast is going to be live at the New York City Expo on the convention floor. We are going to be pre-taping a show to be aired in a couple of weeks. If you want to come and see us, we're going to be at the New York Hilton uh, tomorrow from about 10 to 11.30, 12 o'clock. 
recording Good Morning New York. Also, Phil and I have speaking engagements at this conference tomorrow. Leasebreak.com will be speaking at about 2.15, so please come and see him. I'm speaking at one. for our show. I know. We have a lot of gift giveaways, but I don't even know what there's in that bag anyway. But uh, I'm I'm going to (laughs) be speaking at 1 o'clock, 1 to 2, and the topic is going to be new developments and how – uh, they or these tall skyscrapers, these glass tall buildings, have really sort of changed the face of uh, the New York landscape. Hot you know, there are topic. pros and cons. Oh, Hot topic. There's pros and Whoa. cons to it. We have a major developer going to be sitting on the panel, Ooh. Will Zeckendorf. Oh my From uh, okay. 15 CPW days yep. and yep. what is it? Five, yeah, exactly. Yep. So he's going to come and um, probably defend himself. <laughs> to I was say, we'll he builds these wonderful buildings. No, I'm kidding. No, he's a great man, actually. I worked for him when I worked at Halstead. Anyway, that is Good Morning New York for this week. Thank you for joining us. You can catch the show anytime on podcast or on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow, and we will see you next time. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 